atmosphere that we live in. So when we speak, aka produce words, we are creating sound waves. So when you speak, these are sound waves. Did you know there's not actually words coming out of my mouth? The sound waves go in your ears, bounce around, and your brain discerns what you're actually saying. So I'm not actually speaking words, I'm speaking sound waves, and your brain is discerning by picking up signals of what I'm actually saying in this moment. So there's something crazy about that. The words we speak never go away. Scientifically, the word I'm saying scientifically, the words you speak never go away. The words you speak, the sound waves that come out of your mouth, that come out of your vocal cords, actually stay in the atmosphere forever. So this is where it's absolutely crazy to me. When I speak, these sound waves go up. It's actually saturating the atmosphere that I live in. So what does saturate mean? Saturate means to fill, unite, or join completely. So what does that tell me? Even science proves what Scripture tells us, that when we speak, we are living in the atmosphere that we are creating. This is scientifically, this is not biblical for those of you who are like, oh, that's too spiritual. No, this is scientific. The words you speak never actually go away. (laughs) So let's define atmosphere for those of you who are like, well, what is this atmosphere you speak of? Atmosphere is defined as two things, a surrounding or pervading mood, environment or influence. And so, for example, there's an atmosphere of impending war. Who knows, we just went through that. Ukraine and Russia are currently at war. There was an atmosphere building up to that point of impending war. We could tell in the atmosphere that things were about to happen. For another example, that there's a very tense atmosphere. Who's ever been in a very tense atmosphere? You just knew something was weird there. It was heavy. You couldn't really say anything. You felt off. You were in that atmosphere, that tense atmosphere where things were very uncomfortable. And the other definition is literally the air you breathe. The atmosphere, the oxygen, the carbonation, everything you have in the atmosphere is what you're breathing. And so the two definitions is the invading mood that you're currently presiding in or the literal air that you are breathing. And so let me ask you this. In your home, in your personal life, have you recently been feeling a heavy atmosphere where where you are? Anybody? Heavy atmosphere. Anybody want to be honest? I've had a heavy atmosphere on myself. I've, I've been catching myself doing and thinking some things that I'm like, hold up, that's not right. Not that I'm necessarily stepping over the border into sin, but there are some things I've let down my own boundaries, and I've seen myself kind of shifting ways that I told myself I was convicted on I would never do again. Anybody? Has anybody felt a heavy atmosphere? Yes, I see heads nodding. Yes, praise the Lord. So let me ask you this. What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over your family? I mean, literally speaking out loud. What are you speaking over the situation you're currently going through that you are very upset and angry over? What are you speaking over yourself? Because while we're speaking scientifically and scripturally, while we speak, what we speak is going into the atmosphere that's literally hovering over our heads. So when you speak, you are adding to the atmosphere that you live in. So my question to you today is, how are you speaking over yourself? Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm, I just, I can never get that promotion. Oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm too skinny. What are you speaking over yourself that is causing the atmosphere over you to be heavy? How are you demeaning yourself? More importantly, how are you speaking to your spouse when you're angry? Are things tense in your marriage? Well, let's think about the atmosphere that you're creating when you're angry speaking. How many of us have gotten ourselves in trouble with our mouths? Anyone ever spoken out of anger? 
Anyone known to lash out when you're upset? Yeah, well, guess what? Anytime you speak, you are adding to the atmosphere, whether you mean it or not. You're speaking into the atmosphere that you live in. And so I think for us today as believers, even looking scientifically and spiritually, I think that science proves that we better be very cautious as what we are allowing to come out of our mouths. Amen? Who's been there? Who's done that? And who understands that when you speak, you are actually creating the environment that you live in? Did you know most physical abuse started with verbal abuse? (laughs) Because what you speak determines your thoughts, and what you think determines how you act. Who understands that the words you speak shows the true condition of your heart? (laughs) Jesus said this. Jesus said, I don't care what goes inside your body. It's not what goes inside a person that defiles them. Jesus said it it is what comes out of a person that defiles them, that the fruit proves the tree. If there's bad poisonous fruit coming out of you, well, guess what? This says that's what type of tree you actually are. And so Jesus said that our words prove who we truly are, not even our actions. It's the words that we speak that prove our heart. I've had people who treat me real nice but talk really bad about me behind my back. It's the words that prove what's truly inside of our hearts. So when you go to speak this week, what are you going to be very careful to do? To choose the words that you're allowing into the atmosphere that you live in. So for me personally, I've always been very hard on myself. And when I fail, I don't let myself get over it. And so I found myself, anytime I would mess up, Josiah, you're horrible. Josiah, you're undeserving. Josiah, you're not worth it. How could you call yourself a pastor? And do you know what I started living like? Those things I was saying. I started living like I was unworthy. I started living like I was the worst pastor to ever walk the face of the earth. But you know what happened whenever the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart? And I said, God, I need you to guard my lips. I need you to keep watch over my tongue. Do you know what I started speaking? God, it doesn't matter what I am because you are worthy. God, I'm not. I'm not worthy. But guess what you've called me? You've called me worthy. You've called me redeemed. You've called me whole. And can I tell you that type of self-talk, not even talking about, but speaking to the Father out loud. There's also another example. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, what did he do? Did, did he say, devil, I'm going to beat you up? What did he do? He quoted the word of God. You know what I've started doing when I feel unworthy? <laughs> I read John 3.16 a whole bunch that God sent his son because he loved me. <laughs> if the God of the universe can love me, it doesn't really matter what I'm thinking about myself in this moment because that moment is going to shift to another moment and that moment shifts to another moment. It doesn't matter how I feel about myself in this temporary moment. It matters what the God of eternity thinks about me for eternity. So when we speak into the atmosphere, not I'm the worst, not I'm terrible, not I'm a failure, but you speak, Jesus, through you, I'm more than a conqueror. Guess how you're going to start living when you proclaim that over yourself? You're going to start living as more than a conqueror. Even though your situation may not show it, you yourself will know what God has called you. And you will walk in the spirit of an overcomer, even if your situations don't look the same. So science and scripture show us that what we speak into the atmosphere is how we will walk and live our lives. Let's look at the psychology of words, if my clicker wants to work for me. There we go. Beautiful. The psychology of words. It is psychologically proven that the words we listen to can and do shape our thoughts and perceptions of reality. So your brain is literally shaped by what you are hearing. 
psychologically, not, not Bible. This ain't Bible yet, right? We were talking about science, legitimate study of sound, and now the psychology of words, how the brain reacts to the words that we hear. And so this tells me that words have the power or ability to create emotions and establish narratives. Words have the ability to create emotions and establish narratives. You know what a perfect example of this is? In the last election where you couldn't turn on the TV without someone putting a narrative into your ears. Who knows that we had some of the most upset people in the world in this last election? Because we were allowing the Vox Populi, the voice of the people, to be louder than the Vox Day, the voice of God in our lives. And so people have weaponized media and social media because people understand that through what you say, you can create emotions, which emotions create actions, and you can create a narrative. A narrative is a perception of reality. I could tell you right now, right? I could, I could lie to you right now and say, I've never sinned. Some people in here may actually believe that narrative that I've never sinned. But then others, you'd be like, no, that means a lie. I've seen him sin, right? And so we can create a narrative through what we're speaking out loud. So it's psychologically proven that what you're constantly listening to is what you believe. But not only is it what you believe, it's how you live your life. And so psychologists have found that those who struggle a lot of the times with health issues are those who actually spend the most of their time with doctors, because a doctor always gives you the worst case scenario of what could happen. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? And this is what I need you to understand about what psychology tells us about words. Whoever or whatever has your ears has your future. Whoever or whatever you are allowing your ears to constantly hear, not I heard it one time and that was it, Whatever you are allowing to predominantly speak into your life is the way you are going to live your life. So whoever or whatever you allow to speak most into your life is the thing or person who will have control over your future. How many of us have ever had a really bad friend or been in a very bad relationship where that person demeaned you? They beat you down. They belittled you. And how did you live? You lived little because they told you you were little. How many of us were freed by the Spirit of God from that mindset and now you're living big like God calls you big? Who in here understands that? I know what it was like to be in a toxic relationship that kept me beat down to the ground thinking I could never achieve anything. And when God, y'all, because I do believe God frees you from toxic relationships, when God freed me from that relationship, I started living big because I knew whose voice actually mattered. So psychologically, whoever you're listening to the most or whatever you're listening to the most is how you will live your life. For example, this is why a lot of kids today want to be thugs. They listen to rap music. Every ethnicity, every demographic listens to that rap that talks about sex, drugs, alcohol, gangbanging, all that. That music that these kids listen to, their favorite people in the world, when they're ingesting that constantly, guess what's going to be produced in their hearts, in their minds? This is why we see more pregnant young females than ever before. This is why, listen, they gave statistics. We were at a conference in Lake City yesterday. Did you know in the past year, <laughs> the amount of drug addicts in America has doubled? There were 20 million drug addicts in America as of 2020. As of 2022, there's 41 million drug addicts in America. If what you're constantly listening to is about glorifying popping molly and smoking weed all the time of your life, these young people are going to be susceptible to step into that lifestyle. So young people in here, 
What you listen to, no matter how innocent you may think it may be, is shaping the way you think, which shapes the way you live your life. Older people, that 80s rock that glorifies sex, drugs, and rock and roll, if you're still listening to that 80s music every day of your life, guess where your mindset drifts to? Drugs, alcohol, and rock and roll, and sex. So those of you who are struggling with maybe some sexual things, you need to be careful what you're currently allowing to go into your ears. Hmm. Those of you who are struggling with addictions, who and what are you listening to in your life? So my encouragement would be, if you're struggling today, get around some faith-filled people who you know are going to speak truth into you. I believe Ms. Janet Grenade literally just said, you better get in small group because these women are willing to speak to me what I don't want to hear. Who in here knows what it's like to need to hear something you don't want to hear? Who in here is grateful for people who will tell you like it is? I got double hands up because I'm a straight shooter. You have to be a straight shooter with me. So I want to encourage you today. Be very careful about who or what you are allowing to be the predominant voice in your life. Pick your friends wisely. Be careful who you spend your time with because scientifically and psychologically what you're hearing is what is going to be predominant in your life. We've talked about science. We've talked about psychology. And my clicker works. I'll get the next slide up for y'all. There we go. Beautiful. What the Bible says about words. And this doesn't even start to cover it, but we're going to look at a couple examples. I have the passages up there for you. Just write them down. You can read them later. Psalms 141.3. And I love this because even thousands of years ago, David understood how dangerous and powerful our words can be. King David, right? One of the greatest kings to ever live. King David understood how dangerous and how powerful his words could be. King David was in a place where if he spoke the wrong thing, he could cause war to break out in the country. King David knew if he spoke the wrong thing, he could have his nation completely split. So King David's at this point where he's realizing my words are far more powerful and dangerous than I can help, than I can contain. So he prays this. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. You see, David didn't want to speak unless it was God leading him to speak because he knew what position he was in. A lot of you are in positions in your family. If you speak recklessly, you could destroy your marriage. If you speak recklessly, you could destroy your relationship with your children. If you speak recklessly, you could lose a lot of friends. And so David understood, if I speak recklessly, I will cause ruin not only in my own life, but in the life of those around me. <laughs> and we should be the same way as King David. I need you to hear me. When you're upset, when you're mad, when you're frustrated, when you feel those things rising up in you, oh, I just want to lash out. Oh, I want to get them back. When you feel those things coming up, I need you to pause. And I need you to say, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my Lips. Can I tell you, your emotions nor thoughts have to rule your mouth anymore. Do we understand this? Your emotions and your thoughts no longer have to, have to rule what comes out of your mouth. We all need to take a page from King David's book and understand the power. Every single one of us is in some type of place of power, some type of position of power in your own personal life. And if you speak recklessly, you could ruin your life. You could ruin your reputation. You could ruin your family. So before we speak out of anger or frustration, let's pause. 
(laughs) And let's remember, we don't have to be ruled by those things anymore. Jesus died so we could live a better way. We as Christians are instructed in Ephesians 4.22 on how, sorry, Ephesians 4.29 on how we should use our words towards each other. It says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So first and foremost, clearly we as Christians are not meant to lash out as people. We as Christians are not meant to break people down and tear them down. Ephesians 4.29 is clear. It says, don't use this language that destroys people. Don't use this language that beats people down and tears them down. Don't use that language. But he says, instead, let your words be purposeful and intentional. I need you to hear this. Let your words be purposeful and intentional. Some of you need to write that down because you're not living with your tongue being intentional. Your words need to be purposeful. So there needs to be a purpose. Jesus said to the Pharisees, every idle word you ever say will be held against you. Now, that's not to believers, obviously, but we have to be careful. We're not saying idle words. What's an idle word? A word you say without thinking about it. It's that word you said that you didn't really mean, but you were mad. Those are idle words. So we must be purposeful and intentional about the words that leave our mouth. So instead of being called to break people apart and belittle them, we are called to use our words to build people up and encourage them. And I think we need to take a lesson of that in the church. We need to use our words towards one another to encourage one another and edify one another. Edification is just building people up. It's looking at people. It's seeing potential and purpose like I just talked about on Mother's Day. It's seeing that potential and purpose and you're speaking life over people. Hey, I see how you're living, but that's not who God made you to be. Did you know that could be one of the most important things you ever say to someone in their entire life? Hey, I see how you're living, but that's not how God created you to be. There's so much more inside of you. There's so much more for you that God has placed in your life that if you choose to walk this way, he'll unlock a life you never imagined. That is called speaking words of encouragement. That is called edifying the believers. That is what we are called to do with our words, not break people down and tear them apart, but build them up. Yeah, encourage them to live a different way. I tell you this all the time. Condemnation is not going to bring people to Jesus. Condemnation makes people run from Jesus. But a loving word could turn someone's whole life around, as we're about to look at in the Proverbs. So we as Christians must pray, Lord, be the guard over my mouth, set a watch over my lips. Because even so, more we as Christians have power in what we say. Who understands that? Even so, more we as Christians have power in what we say because we have the spirit of the living God inside of us. Did you know every time you speak an idle word, you are actually representing the Holy Spirit to the world? need you to understand this. When you freak out on your co-workers, when you freak out on your family, you are a representative of Christ. Scripture says we are ambassadors of Christ Jesus. Did you know an ambassador of America would never speak recklessly to another country? Same way, we as ambassadors of Christ should not be speaking recklessly to others because we are the image of Christ that they see. Do we understand? We have to be careful with what we're saying, especially in those of you who work in the secular world. Be careful to choose your words wisely because people are watching you. We are ambassadors of Christ. What we speak is a representation of who he is. And that's why so many people have a bad picture of Christ in their minds. Because we as Christians have not been purposeful nor intentional about the words we speak. Mm. Your words can build people up and give them hope to carry on. Proverbs 16.24 says this, Kind words are like honey. Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. 
Proverbs 15, 4a says this, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. Who has ever been going through a horrible situation and someone just spoke a word of life into you? And you just felt restored. Like, you were at the point of, God, I can't do this anymore. Like, this, I can't. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done trying. I'm done living. Like, I'm done. And someone came into your life and spoke life into you. I have a very personal um, story about that of my freshman year of college, man. I had pretty much went off to Oklahoma, lost pretty much everything I knew. Basketball didn't go the way I wanted it to. School was okay, but I was separated from everyone I loved, everyone I knew. And y'all, I just went into such a dark place of depression that I was contemplating suicide. For the first time in my life, I was contemplating suicide. And honestly, if Joshua Jones, uh, my dad got me connected with him. He was the young adults pastor at a large church called The Gate, Tony Miller's church in Oklahoma. If my dad would not have felt the prompting of the Spirit of God to get Joshua Jones connected to me, and if Joshua Jones would not have come into my life and spoken life into my situation, I don't think I would be here today. And so I, of all people, know what it's like to be in a place where you don't want to carry on and someone steps in and says a word that's like honey to your soul. (laughs) That soothes you. That builds you up. That's healthy for your body. And so we have the ability that when we choose our words with purpose and intentionality, we can build people up and help them carry on by the words that we speak. But that same, that same verse, Proverbs 15, 4b says this, that same verse, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. You can build up and encourage or you can break down and discourage. You have the option when you speak to either build up and encourage or tear down and discourage by the words you speak to other people. And just by your words, I didn't say you have to come up and punch them in the face. If you look at them and say, you messed up, you're horrible, you're a failure, you'll never be better. Do you know how that person's probably going to live as a failure and they're never going to be better? You don't have to physically harm someone to mortally wound them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your words carry so much power. That's why we as Christians must speak with purpose and intentionality. Not everything that comes to your mind needs to be said. (laughs) For those of you like me who struggle with the filter where I just want to say whatever comes to my mind, you better get in Psalms 141.3 and let the Lord give you a revelation in that. Because if if you guard your tongue, you guard your life. Proverbs 15.1 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up war. (laughs) A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up war. Let me ask you this. If you and your spouse are fighting a lot, you don't got to raise your hand, obviously. But if you're fighting a lot, let, let, let me pose this question to you. How are you responding to them out of anger? What are you saying to them when things are hard? But not just your spouse, your coworkers. Do you have a horrible relationship with your coworkers? How are you responding to them when they really tick you off? What are you saying when you're at wit's end because a gentle word stops the fighting? A harsh word progresses the fighting. So I'm here to pose a question. How are you reacting when you're mad? How are you reacting when you're upset? Because listen, we even see this throughout history. (laughs) Your words literally have the power to start war or to stop war. Kings have been able to talk to one another and and evade war because they were able to talk it out. Y'all understand the Bible is writing from that perspective of literal war. It's saying that our words are so powerful. If a king disrespects another king, they are going to war. But if that king apologizes for what he said, 
war is evaded and lives are spared. It's the same in our personal lives. If your relationships are destroyed, don't just point the finger, but look back at how you spoke to them. A gentle word stops war. A harsh word makes war arise. Lastly, let's look at Proverbs 13.3. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak harshly will come to ruin. Our mouths can get us in a world of trouble. Who understands this? Our, our tongues can get us in a world of trouble. Who's been there? Your mouth gets you in trouble, and the scripture is clear that he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who lets his mouth run wild ruins his life. Proverbs 21, 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So what does that tell me? Letting our words run crazy without supervision and intentionality can ruin your entire life. Y'all know cancel culture is huge in our current state, right? When people say one thing out of line, when they get upset and angry, what happens? They're canceled. Literally today in our culture, our free speech is being threatened by those who don't want us to have free speech anymore. You know free speech is literally basically just in America, right? Other countries have hate speech. You speak something out of line and guess what? You will be imprisoned. <laughs> you will literally be imprisoned for what you Say And so scripture is clear. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. So letting your mouth run wild without supervision and intentionality can lead to ruin. But supervision and intentionality leads to prosperity and peace. For those of us who have a big mouth like me who just be saying stuff sometimes, we need to pause and remember if you let your words run crazy without supervision and intentionality, it could literally ruin your life. But if you guard your words, if you guard your speech, it leads to prosperity and peace. You decide what you're releasing and speaking into the atmosphere in which you live. Listen, I've, I've realized more often than not when I feel a heavy atmosphere, it's because I spoke things there that weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And I'm, I, I don't usually feel like I get visions from the Holy Spirit, but just so clearly to me in the Spirit, I just saw, and I saw people in this room, and I saw some of us walking with these big gray clouds over ourselves in the atmosphere, and some of us were walking with glory clouds over our heads, and I saw that in my spirit. And so I want to encourage us today that you choose the atmosphere in which you live. The world around you does not choose the atmosphere in which you live. Your words are, in, are affecting and affecting the environment in which you're living. In the atmosphere, you choose your atmosphere. This is why Christians being persecuted overseas can still glorify the name of God. This is why those who are homeless can come to Bible study on Wednesday mornings and glorify God because the outside surroundings don't determine the atmosphere in which you live what you're speaking over yourself, what you're speaking over your family, what you're speaking over your situation, we decide on what we release, the words we release into the atmosphere in which we live. You also decide on who and what you're allowing to speak into your life. So I love YouTube, and I found myself watching a lot of random YouTube videos that had nothing to do with Christ. So you know what my mind was on all the time? Random YouTube videos that had nothing to do with Christ. So I had to delete YouTube off my iPad because I found myself drifting into things I'm not, not inappropriate, just things I didn't need to be wasting my time on. Did you know we as believers waste our time listening to things we had no business listening to? You know, binge-watching Netflix is actually detrimental to you? <laughs> Whoa, some of y'all are like, hold up now. Some of y'all are like, no, it's getting too personal. No, we as Christians spend too much of our time listening to things we have no business listening to. 
You just binge watched eight hours of TV of things that didn't matter. So you know what you're going to be thinking about? Things that did not matter. When in reality, the Holy Spirit may have been calling you to be an intercessory prayer warrior on someone else's behalf. Oh man, that's going to hit close to home because that's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I was wasting far too much time listening to things that did not matter when he was interested in speaking to me. I was allowing the voice of Netflix to be louder than the voice of God in my own life. Oh man, that's going to hit some people at home. Praise the Mm. Yo, that's a word from the Holy Spirit to some of us in here because it was a word to me. You decide who or what has your ear. You decide who or what has your future. We have a choice today when we're upset, when we're mad, when we're frustrated. Build up or tear down. It's easy to tear down. It's hard to build. Who knows that? It's easy to demolish. It's hard to build. Building takes years. Demolishing takes just a couple of seconds. We can encourage or discourage We can let our mouse run wild, or we can allow God to guard our mouse and rule our lips. You have a choice today on how you will speak, on what you will release into the atmosphere. Build up or tear down. Encourage or discourage. Let your mouth run wild or allow God to be the ruler of your lips alongside your heart and your mind. Mm. But as for me, I'm going to tell you about me for a second. I choose peace. I choose prosperity. I choose to allow God to guard my lips and guard my mouth because if he guards my lips and guards my mouth, he guards my way. Because what I'm speaking is causing direct interference around me of how I'm living. So for me today, I don't know about y'all, I choose to allow the Lord to guard my lips. I choose to encourage instead of discourage. I choose to build up instead of tear down. And you know, the, the thing is, if we choose the easy way, we will tear down. We will discourage. It's easy to lash out when you're upset. And we will allow our mouth to run wild. But can I encourage you to take the hard way today? Take the hard way today. Choose encouragement instead of discouragement. Choose to put your hands to the pile and build up instead of beating down and tearing down. Choose today. I'm going to say it this way. Choose today who will be the Lord of your mouth. You know, Joshua says, as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I need you to, I need you to think about this. As for me and my mouth, we will serve the Lord. Some of y'all are giggling, but guess what? You haven't allowed the Lord to rule your mouth, and that's why you are where you are today. That's a hard truth, but it's one we need to come to terms with, with the Holy Spirit to truly speak into our lives. As for me and my mouth today, we will serve the Lord. Michelle, will y'all come up and lead us in one more worship song as we close out today? Will y'all stand as we worship the Lord one more time today? And listen, in this time of worship, it's not going to be long, but I want you to declare to yourself, as of today, me and my mouth, we will serve the Lord. I'm not joking. Say it out loud because what you're speaking to the atmosphere is how you're going to live. And so speak to yourself as of today, me and my mouth will serve the Lord. Michelle, thank you. Come on, let's just ask the Lord to surround us, surround, uh, to change our atmosphere. When we say surround me, oh Lord, think about the atmosphere that Pastor was talking about. Come on. Surround
As Pastor was talking about sound, I could see in my spiritual realm. I don't know if you've ever seen or not, but when planes or jets break through a sound barrier, and it's an amazing feature of watching how it just busts right through the sound and it lets out this loud sound because it just busts through sound. And I see in people's lives, there's been a barrier of sound over your life of negativity, of things that have been told that you're not. But I see in the spirit, God breaking through that sound barrier in your life. I see walls busting down. I see sounds that you've always heard of things that are so negative in your life being broken. I see women being told and girls being told that you're nothing, you're nothing but a sex object being told. I'm telling you right now that you're beautiful because God spent time on you and he created you for such a purpose. Men, if you've been told in your entire life you're nothing but a failure, I'm here to tell you that God created you and molded you for a purpose, and you are a child of God. You are above and you're not beneath. You are the head and you are not the tail. You're blessed going in and you're blessed coming out. I'm here to tell you right now that you're breaking through those sound barriers. No longer are you being told that you're not somebody, but you are somebody. You are a child of God. And you've been bought and paid with a price and been paid in full. So do not think any longer that you are not something, but you are something. You, are a, you have a purpose in your life. My youth pastor used to say all the time that when he went by the graveyard, there was a lot of people there with potential. There was a lot of potential in graveyards. But I'm here to tell you, the people that's under the sound of my voice and the people that's under the sound of my voice on the line, you have a purpose. God spent time creating you. He knows the hairs on your head and you have a purpose in this life. So God, I just want to thank you today for these people in this house. Father God, I thank you for the sound of your voice. That still small voice, Father God, that when you speak and you say, that is my child, that it just resonates in our spirit. So Father, I pray and ask today that as this church goes out of here, let them know that they are somebody. That they have been bought with a price and been paid in full, that they are the child of a king. No longer they've been told that they're not somebody, but they are somebody. So God bless us indeed, O oh Lord, and enlarge our territories. Keep your hand of protection about us, O oh God. Keep us from evil that it harm us not, and let everything that we do, Father God, give you praise, glory, and honor. Father, we thank you today. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor Betty, we have food across the street. Food across the street. Go receive the blessing. Remember, go on social media, on your Facebook, right? Hashtag words. Share the video. Let people know what we're about, right? Share the word to your friends and family. Easy as sharing. Hashtag words. We love you guys. We thank you guys. Thanks for being with us.